0: Hey everybody, welcome to the first ever All Automotive Podcast, it's your host, Matt Clausen. And today, we're gonna be talking about All Automotive, stuff that's automotive. We're gonna be talking about extended service contracts or your extended warranty. And my experience with that, and as a shop owner, um, what happens when you come in when you have one of these contracts. So we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff today. So let's just start the whole thing off with what an extended service contract is. And it's not technically a warranty. It's a contract between you and the company that says we'll repair these certain things if they go bad on your car in between the time that we denote on your contract that you signed up for when you did it, when you got the contract, when you purchased it, either you purchased it when you purchased the car or when you purchased the used car, uh, you know, you dread, dread going into the finance office and talking to the guy who tries to sell you the, all the stuff in there. And that's one of the things that he tries to sell you. Um, and if you decide that it's a good fit for you, whether it's uh, financially uh, feasible for you, and it makes sense for the type of vehicle that you buy, um, then you move forward with that. So typically these contracts are, are expire by date and or a mileage So the date that the contract would expire, let's say it's a 24-month contract. So two years after you buy it, it expires. Or if you go 24,000 miles, which is a typical contract, it's two years or 24,000 miles from the date of purchase. So if your car has 24,000 miles on it, and it'll expire at 48,000 miles, uh, no more or no less. So what happens... After you buy this contract that, um, goes into effect, you use it if you need it. So let's start from the beginning. So you, you get this contract, you purchase this contract and let's just keep the two year, 24,000 mile thing going along through this whole process or through my whole discussion. That'll make things easier for, for me and for you to understand. So, um, Typically, these contracts will carry some sort of deductible, kind of like your health insurance. So you go into the auto shop and they need to figure out what's wrong with your car and then call this extended service contract company on their claims line and say that John Q. Smith's car came in here. The mileage is this. The date is this. And this is what we found. It needs an alternator. The repair is either yes it's covered or no it's covered not it's, it's not covered. So what you got to look at before you purchase these contracts is what's covered and what's not covered. So there's different things that, and different contracts that are get sold and throughout my experience the better contracts cover the more things on the car. So if you're let's say your contract is a powertrain contract it would cover things like your engine internally lubricated parts, the transmission or anything to do with the drivetrain. It will specifically list things on that contract that are covered and it will specifically exclude things as they feel necessary. So some of these companies are very comprehensive and will cover more things and other companies won't. So, if you're looking at different types of coverages, and there are several different ones out there that you can buy. So and they start at powertrain contracts, and usually those are 6 months, 6,000-mile contracts, or typically they're a year or 12,000 miles. So when you get into the two-year, 24,000 miles, or three-year, 36,000 miles, they have several different contracts. Some contracts, if you purchase that contract when that vehicle is new, You can get up to a hundred thousand miles of coverage um, through certain companies. Now that being said, most of the contracts that you're going to buy from a reputable used car lot will be very comprehensive and will cover a lot of things, but it's your responsibility as a car purchaser or a purchaser of this contract to go through that contract and see what's covered because You know, let's face it, auto repairs aren't cheap, and if you need a starter or alternator, you know, the average for that stuff is between $350 and $750, depending on where this particular part is at and how long it takes the repair facility to replace it. Um, So, these repairs can get very costly, and if you're in the position to buy one of these, it's something that I would recommend that if you have the ability to do that, then I would recommend doing it. Um, so now we've diagnosed that it, let's let's get back to my alternator thing. So it's it needs an alternator and we've called the extended service contract company and say, yes, it's covered. This is what we're going to pay you. We're going to pay the shop for the part, for their labor and the tax, unless it's a tax excludable contract, and some of them are, depending on the state that you live in, you know, you have different uh, tax rates and so forth. Some states you're responsible for the tax um, and most contracts will carry a deductible. So what I mean by that is you're responsible for the first part of that repair, the deductible amount. It's like your health insurance. Let's get back to that. So, and it's, most of them aren't disappearing So if you go into a shop in one week and you get an alternator replaced and then six months later it needs a starter, so you're going to have your deductible on each visit. Unless you have a special clause in your contract, and some of them do, some of them don't, they have what's called a disappearing deductible, or if that shop is an in-network repair which most likely means that you've brought it back to the place that you purchased it from and you're working with their service department. Or in the case of my shop, we are a a provider for several different ones, and you have a $0 deductible if you bring it to us. If you go to a shop somewhere else, then you may be responsible for a deductible for an out-of-network shop. Some warranty companies will direct you to a shop that they deal with. They won't let you take it to a shop that you like, unless you pay for the repair and then you submit the paperwork later on. Um, so again, here's the deductible. Most of the deductibles are a hundred dollar deductible, so you'd be responsible for the first hundred dollars of that repair. So then, you take that deductible and anything else over and above that the extended service contract doesn't pay for. Let's say we're replacing the alternator. It needs the fan belt. The belt that drives the alternator isn't any good or it needs to be replaced. Most of those contract companies will see that as a maintenance repair and that will be your responsibility. So that's something that we as a shop, we would call the customer and we would explain to them that this is a not a covered item on the contract and we would move forward with your authorization to replace this. However, you're responsible for the first $100 deductible plus the $50 belt, so you are responsible for $150 when you come to pick up your vehicle. Now, most shops, and along with us, we're very transparent about what is covered and what is not covered. After we talk to them, we call you and we tell you exactly what they've told us. So a lot of times, our hands are tied with what they'll pay because they don't see the value in either maybe the parts that we use the kind of parts that we use maybe this alternator is specific to your vehicle and we can only get it from an uh, original equipment dealer and that's the one we have to use and they don't want to pay the list price for that so that maybe there's just a little bit of difference in the parts price so after the alternator gets replaced like i said you're responsible for the first hundred dollars of that repair and if you decide to replace the belt let's say it's fifty dollars Plus the optical taxes, you know, it's one sixty two eighty eight. Okay, so you pick your vehicle up. And, you know, so now this alternator, if you would replace it at a very reputable replacement shop or whatever, this alternator ch- carries itself a warranty that would be replaceable at that shop. That, then your extended service contract wouldn't be involved in that repair again. And what I mean by that is your extended service contract, since they've already paid for that, um, they would no longer participate in any alternator repairs because most likely the one that we put on or that shop has put on for you has some sort of uh, warranty on its own through that shop. And I know my shop carries a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on anything um, alternator-related or if we replace that alternator, it carries a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on top of your extended service contract. Now, so, you're, well, so let's clarify that a little bit. So now your extended service contract is about to expire at, what what'd we say, 48,000 miles, and you have 46,000 miles on it, and we put a new alternator on. You get that two-year and 24,000-mile warranty beyond your extended service contract. So... There's benefits to having this contract, and then getting a part replaced, pretty much at the tail end of, of the warranty coverage. So let's go back to where I was talking about. There's some parts price differences, and what that what that means to you as the consumer. Um, you know, there's there's certain things that these extended service contracts will pay for, and unfortunately, they won't pay for. They 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 view, um, all of their repairs as complete and so forth. Um, but they want to justify what they're paying for. They also want to sometimes dictate to us what we're going to put on and what we're going to charge. Um, and unfortunately, um, we're in business you know, to make money and to benefit you as the consumer as well as us. So uh, the best decision is, is to replace a part, part like your alternator that we would do that day with a part that, we normally put on. Um, We're not going to take something from uh, some off the wall dot dot com auto parts place and wait for it to get to us. And we put it on and it only lasts uh, six months because then we will be calling your extended service contract company back and they will have to participate in that again. And like I say, we try to make things so that it's so you don't have to come back. And then unfortunately, if you do, we will make that process as seamless as possible. So where we would take everything into our hands, you just make, us, make a call to us and say, my car died on the road. We lost electrical power. Uh, we just had this alternator replaced with you six months ago. I would then dispatch a tow truck to your uh, location. I would tow the vehicle to us. I would have my technicians evaluate it. If it did, in fact, need another alternator, you would not be charged anything at my shop. So there are, you know, there's shops out there like that, and a lot of us are. So it's 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 all in the questions that you do have to ask when you get the repair done. So again, back to what they pay for and what they don't pay for is if they want us to put this dot com uh, alternator on, and we're not of that opinion of putting that dot com alternator on because. A, we have to wait three days, or or B, it's um, not in your best interest. We will then call you and tell you that they want to put this alternator on. We usually use this alternator. The difference in the price is, um, let's just say $100. So then you would be responsible for, if you did tell us to go forward with our part, which would be $100 more than the part that they're supplying or telling us to use. So you would be responsible for the additional hundred dollars plus your deductible plus the belt if you put it on and and so forth. So it, it's pretty simple um, once you get down to what's covered and what's not covered and what they're gonna pay for and what they're not gonna pay for. Because a lot of times we get to the bottom line of what they're gonna pay for. And that's sometimes with certain contracts. And I had one a couple of weeks ago. It was just a down payment on what the guy was having done. He said, well, if that's all they're going to pay, then just move forward with whatever you guys recommend. And then we will, you know, and then we'll, we'll submit for the paperwork and get that down payment that they said they were only going to pay for because he had a lot of things going on. And unfortunately they didn't cover a lot of things. They only covered one thing and they didn't want to cover the part at its price. And the, They only wanted to pay a certain amount of labor rate. Um, Our labor rate is a certain amount, and a certain amount per hour is this much at each increment of the hour. So, um, again, you know, there are some companies out there that are better than others. And what you pay for and what you don't pay for, you know, obviously um, we try to be very transparent and upfront with what you're going to get and what you're not going to get. Um, so there's no confusion and there's no, um, you know, remorse or uh, any uh, hard feelings or uh, you're not upset when you come in and, and we tell you it's $262.82 because you have the $100 deductible plus the $100 that they didn't want to pay for our alternator plus you we installed the belt that you wanted us to put on. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of times that's a, it's a difficult conversation to have with you Um, as a repair facility. But um, if everything is upfront, and you're aware of it, then it it makes things a lot easier. And it makes things um, easier on all of us in the long run. So now, we've talked about alternators, and we've talked about what they will pay and what they won't pay. Let's talk about if you had a catastrophic failure, let's say you have a catastrophic failure of your engine. Now, a lot of these companies will um, give us a little bit of leeway on, on, on diagnosis time and how to diagnose stuff. But there are certain instances where th- things need to be taken apart to diagnose uh, to get to the bottom of what has gone on. And there are certain things that need to be taken apart to give them the root of the problem. And that authorization as you are the car owner has to come from you. So we would make that phone call and say, we need to get to the bottom of this situation. There is four hours involved in tearing apart your car that will cost $425, let's say. And do you want us to move forward so that we can give your extended service contract, um, the cost of what the root of the problem is and then go from there. But be aware that you will be responsible for this if your extended service contract ultimately denies the claim. So it's not something that you are going to get back unless most likely your claim gets approved. Now, a lot of times we get into these situations where um, it may be cost effective or more cost effective or, Um, for the extended service contract company to replace something versus repair it. Um, We had a situation a couple of weeks ago where uh, the cylinder head was damaged on a, a newer Malibu and it was cheaper or less expensive to replace the engine rather than tear this engine apart and replace the cylinder head. Um, So that extended service contract company elected to um, allow us to provide a used engine from a reputable salvage yard, which had similar mileage on it. And um, they were okay with uh, us installing that at at our rate that we're approved for with them. And the customer, because we were a, uh, participating shop, the customer did not have a deductible and it was over a $3,000 repair. So there are some things and certain contracts that, um, are like I said, from the beginning are better than others. So, um, my suggestion and my advice to you when you're looking into a service contract, um, is, is that, is, is the used car lot selling it to you? Um, is it something that someone's calling you to sell you? I know everybody gets those phone calls that, Hey, we want to talk to you about your extended service contract, or We want to talk to you about your extended warranty. Most of the time, those companies that call you aren't the greatest ones. Um, I would, I would take the advice of um, a a, sh- a shop owner like myself or um, somebody that is in the car business Um when it comes to which contract to choose from. There's a lot of companies out there. There's a lot of different things that they do and don't do. Um, again, it's all in doing your research in what um, contract you choose. Because if, if, if you got on the phone, you called me up and you said, hey, Matt, um, I'm looking to buy this extended service contract. Here's the name of it. Immediately, I'm gonna, just going to go Google it um, and find out who they are and what they are. Um if it's a company that I know that we've dealt with in the past, I may be I may have um a difference differing opinion based on what company that is because there are some companies like I said that we have dealt with that have been very difficult to deal with. And there are other companies that are very customer friendly and shop oriented to where it's easier for all of us involved to get your car fixed in the event that there is a mechanical breakdown. So um, if you call me up and you say, Hey Matt, this is the company um, you know, they, they talk about it's bumper to bumper and, and uh, you know, there's lots of things. So they're going to try and get you with this terminology bumper to bumper. So I don't know that there's many things outside of a factory warranty that is technically called bumper to bumper. I, I don't think there's anything out there that would cover something from from your front bumper to your back bumper without them saying no. You know, if it's a mechanical problem or a mechanical issue, like I said, these contracts are very detailed and they list what's covered and they list what's excluded. So it's up to you as as a as a purchaser of the vehicle to read through this contract. Um, Because if your power window motor goes out and they say it's a bumper to bumper contract and we call it in and it's not covered. So there's, you know, there's some folks that are going to get upset. Um, So we try to do our very best to uh, explain to you upfront that, you know, there is diagnosis time and, Electrical concerns and so forth like that, but um, again, these companies are, and they're you know again, there's lots of them out there. It's just all in what research you do prior to purchasing that contract. I, I know there's a local bank here in town that has car sales, and they every one of those cars they sell at this sale, they recommend an extended service contract, and it's through a very reputable company. So if it's something to where you need advice and you're dealing with a used car lot and you're, you're trying to decide if it's a, if it's a good decision or not, you know, we're always a phone call away. The, the the shop that's going to be doing your repair is probably a good one to call to say, Hey, is this something that we should invest in or not? Is this company a good company? Um, We're buying it at uh, XYZ used car lot and they're selling ABC warranty have you dealt with ABC warranty and at that point i can say i know that xyz used car lot they're a very reputable used car lot the abc warranties they sell are good and and you can go from there you can make an informed decision from there it's if you you know and i googled this the other day and it was it was amazing to me the number of companies that did come up and the other part was is it was amazing to me that there isn't very many of them that I recognized that Google said was good. So I don't know if that's because we're in, you know, Jackson, Michigan, we're a small town, smaller town than, you know, it's not a big city and there's not a lot of contracts like that out there. But I mean, in my experience with extended service contracts, again, they're, they're good for things if they cover the right stuff. And if you're, Educate yourself enough to get the right stuff, get the right contract for yourself and for your car, then it, it makes good sense. You know, if you're buying a, a very expensive sports car and they're adamant about selling you this contract and there, there's some things you got to think about. If if you've owned one of these cars in the past and you know how much the repair costs cost you each year, then you can make an informed decision on whether or not a extended service contract would be good for you. If you're purchasing a Cadillac or a or a, a higher line vehicle from a used car lot, and you you're not sure of what it costs to replace the starter or the alternator, then you know hey, give us a call. It, it, again, it's, it's just something that you can give us a call and we can look this up really quickly for you um, to give you an average cost. I mean, if you're going to spend you know two three thousand dollars on an extended service contract and finance it while you purchase this vehicle, it's a good idea to know if, you know, things if there are limitations to the contract, if they, you know, and what and what the cost of those repairs are gonna be. So again, just make an informed decision on on what's good for you and what car you're buying too has a lot to do with it too. If you're buying a car that's very popular, let's just use the Chevrolet Impala. Everywhere you turn you see one of these cars. They're they're very popular rental cars. They were very durable cars, that had some issues. I mean, they were they were all over the place. It seemed like to me between 2006 and 2013, these cars were all over the place. You see them all over. You know, maybe an extended service contract wouldn't be a good idea on that car just because of the, the durability of it. But if you're talking like BMW, Cadillac, and there's a lot of domestic cars that fall into this category too. So if you're spending a lot for the car, it makes good sense to at least consider it. And that's something, like again, that's, there's an auto repair shop that you do do business with, uh, whether it's the dealer or it's an independent auto repair shop like myself. Just give us a call. It's, you know, we're, we're here to help you. If you are, in fact, a customer of ours, you know, I, w- I, w- I would welcome that call and, and actually talk to you in good detail. And let you know, and I I did have a couple of customers call me in the last couple of months and say they were approached by a company that was going to provide them with an extended service contract. And they were questioning what exactly they were actually going to get. So I took a few moments and I, you know, like everybody else, I went to Google and looked at the company. And I didn't think it was anything that, that they should really Invest in. So I made some recommendations based on the companies that I deal with, and I told them to call a couple of those companies and see what they could come up with. So again, it's all in how you value what you're going to get for the contract and what that company is going to provide you. So again, just do your research so that you can make an informed decision for you, your car, your budget, your family. And most importantly, your shop. All right. Well, that will do it for the first ever episode of All Automotive. And I'm your host, Matt Clausen. Thanks for listening. Coming up in our next episode, we're going to be talking about the 10 things that your shop owner would want you to know before you brought your car in for service. And that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for episode number two of All Automotive. I'm your host, Matt Clausen. Hey, thanks for listening.